Happy Thanksgiving. This is the second Thanksgiving during a pandemic. It's never happened for over 100 years. Last year, the pandemic was here, but not so much entrenched. But after 18 months, this second Thanksgiving is a Thanksgiving of special significance. Nearly 4.8 million people around the world have lost their lives. In Canada alone, 28,000 people since the pandemic. So the fact that you're sitting here today, you have a lot to thank God for. There may be some of you who have lost loved ones. You know a friend, a family member, or even you yourself got COVID infection and pulled through. You have a lot to thank God for, even though there is pain, even though there is agony because of loss of loved ones. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe your business was thrown into complete confusion because of the COVID pandemic. But you still have something to thank God for. Thanksgiving is a special thing. And today I hope we'll be able to share in the thought that Thanksgiving brings healing to the soul. It brings healing to the heart. It brings healing to the spirit. Even in the midst of agony, even in the midst of pain, even in the midst of loss. And this morning, I want us to go to a story that was about an infection, just like a pandemic, a story that was about healing, and a story that tells us about thanksgiving, what it means to give thanks. Turn with me, if you are joining online, or if you are here, to Luke chapter 17, verses 14 to 19. That's where we're going to take our text from today. And I read, as Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village there, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, you've got to understand that Jesus was traveling from Galilee going to Judea, going to Jerusalem. But to do so, he had to go through Samaria. Now, the Samarians and the Jews, although they have the same ancestry, they hated each other. The Jews considered the Samaritans as half-breed because they were married to many, many foreigners during the occupation by the Assyrian uh, uh, kingdom. And so they considered them half-breed Jews. The Samaritans worshipped on a different mountain, whereas the Jews considered Jerusalem as the place of highest worship. They despised each other. And in fact, actually, when Jews were traveling from Galilee to Judea, instead of going through Samaria, which is a shorter route, some of them would prefer to cross the Jordan, take a detour in order to avoid going through Samaria. So Jesus was walking through Samaria from Galilee going to Judea. 
ten lepers heard that he was passing through. Let me tell you a little bit about leprosy. Leprosy is a skin infection, but it's more than that. Leprosy is an infection by a bacterium. Now we know. In those days, they did not. It's a bacterium similar to the same bacterium that causes tuberculosis. Now, it is contagious. And because it's contagious, if you were infected with leprosy, you needed to be separated from the people. In fact, if you read the book of Leviticus, two whole chapters, chapters 13 and 14, are devoted to what the Jews should do when somebody has a severe skin infection. How to deal with it, how to isolate them, how people should wash their hands. So hand hygiene and physical distancing and social distancing, well, it's not today. It's been there 2,000 years before Christ. They knew how to contain, how to isolate and contain. And if you had an infection, only the priest could certify that your infection is cleared and that you could go back to your community. Leprosy is so devastating, it affects the nerves that supply your skin, your limbs, your joints. And after a while, because you lose the sense of sensation, you can't feel touch, you can't feel heat, you can't feel cold. Ultimately, your fingers get destroyed, your toes get destroyed, it disfigures your face, your nose is affected, bumps on your face, you look disfigured. And in those days, those who had leprosy had to live in isolation from people. They were considered outcasts. They were marginalized. And what is even more, when they were passing by, if there were other people passing by, the Lord said they had to shout aloud, unclean, unclean, just to make sure that people did not get close enough. So this was the predicament of these lepers who were living probably in a leper colony, separated from people. They heard that Jesus was passing by. Now, Luke, who wrote this account, actually had written another account earlier in which Jesus saw a leper, somebody with severe leprosy, and he asked Jesus, Lord, if you are willing, will you heal me? And Jesus touched the leper, and immediately he got healed. And he warned him, don't tell anyone, because at that time, Jesus didn't want people to know that he was the Messiah. But how could you prevent somebody who for many years has had severe leprosy and was an outcast, who now finds himself healed, how could he conceal that? So although Jesus warned him, he went about saying, I've been healed, I've been healed, and people got to know about it. So I get the feeling that these 10 lepers knew about this miracle that Jesus had done. And they wouldn't let him pass by, letting him know what their predicament was. They were physically isolated. They were socially isolated. They were psychologically isolated. They were complete outcasts. And at a distance, they had to shout aloud over the crowd, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Note that they didn't even say, heal us. They said, have mercy on us. Depicting the, the sorrow and the pain and the many years of living as outcasts, as unclean, 
as a scam of society, nobody would look upon them. Living with leprosy in those days was even worse than death. It was. And that was the setting in which these lepers came to Jesus. And their cry for mercy was loud and deep and clear. You know, when our need is deeper, our cry to God is louder. Have you ever faced a desperate situation where you needed God to act for you? You are desperate, your back is to the wall, there's no hope from anywhere, nobody you can look to. That prayer is a prayer of desperation. You need God to act for me now. Your child is ill, you are penniless, you're going for the job that is going to bring a breakthrough. You cry unto God as loud as you can. That was the situation with these lepers. The next verse is say, verse 14. He looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. This is an extraordinary story. Just imagine you have leprosy. Your fingers are withered. Your toes are gone. You are disfigured. You come to this master who is a healer. And you say, have mercy upon me. And what he says is, go show yourself to the priest. He doesn't say, you are healed like he did to the man before. He doesn't say, I'm touching you, get healed, and now go and show yourself to the priest. I did tell you that the priest was the only one who could give you a clean bill of health. So if you had a skin infection and you were isolated and you wanted to go back into the Jewish society, you had to see the priest. The priest will examine you and make sure that indeed you are healed. And that clean bill of health is what returns you to normal society. So Jesus is telling them, go show yourself to the priest. And extraordinarily, these people went. Now, if you and I were in that situation, you say, but Christ, um, we are not healed yet. Nothing has happened yet. How could we go and show ourselves to the priest? You will, you will wonder, you will argue, you will, you will say, no, but do something first. But these lepers did not. They took him at his word. They knew from the story they had heard that Jesus had the power just to speak and it would be done. Faith is believing what God has said he would do. Trusting and taking him at his word. That obedience, that act of faith leads to obedience. Has God spoken to you about certain things in your life? Certain things you need to do? And yet you can't master the faith to do it because you don't see any results yet. You don't see any outcome yet. You don't see the conditions that will make you confident to do it. It is in the doing that you see God's action. Faith is taking God at his word, and faith in action is seeing God at his work. So as they went, so I can imagine, as they were walking and going to see the priest, someone says, look, my fingers are back. Look, my bumps are gone. Look, now I can see. Look, now I can feel. And this was happening as they were on their journey to see the priest. Amazing story of faith and obedience. Are you obeying God 
in what he has said he will do? Are you trusting him? Are you waiting for the sign of healing or there's evidence that something has been done before you trust him, before you give him praise? Faith in God is really something that should translate into obedience. Obeying what God has said he would do. Verse 15. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, praise God. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Now, they were overjoyed. They were excited. They were going to the priest to get a clean bill of health. But one of them said, no, I can't just go ahead without saying thank you, without going back to say thanks. Thanks for what you have done. Thanks for healing me. Thanks for this miracle. Now, the word, the Greek word, thanks, that is used in this text, is eucharistio. Its meaning connotes feeling obligated to thank. It's the same word we use for the Eucharist, the communion. Jesus took the bread, gave thanks. He took the cup and gave thanks. It's the same word. So it is not really a surprise that today is communion day. This text is so appropriate because it is the only time it has been used in that context. He came back to give thanks, to give thanks to God, feeling obligated to thank. Thanksgiving is an act of humility, acknowledging debt to the other. You see, in Thanksgiving, even if you're giving thanks to your neighbor, to a friend, your focus is on the other. It's an act of humility, acknowledging that you owe the other person a debt of gratitude. You can't be genuine in thanksgiving when you are proud or when you despise the other person. When you despise the other person, thanksgiving is not genuine. You can only do so when you genuinely feel you owe him or her a debt. That is what thanksgiving is. And do we owe any debt at all to God? If you have any doubt, go to the cross. The price that was paid, that God sent his one and only son to die in our place, to pay the debt of our sin once and for all. And what is amazing, he was not just a savior, the Savior himself was a sin offering. He himself was a sacrifice. At the same time, he's the Savior. And again, the epistle of John, he says, he's our intercessor who pleads our case before the Father. Don't hold it against him. Don't hold it against them. Look at my blood that was shed. The sacrifice, the Savior, and the advocate. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Our debt to God is incalculable. 
We cannot quantify. We cannot calculate. And so if you ever feel you're struggling to give thanks, go to the cross. Go to the communion. Remember the broken body, the shed blood, the suffering and the pain and the debt that was paid on our behalf. Our incalculable debt to God should lead us to continual thanksgiving. So there's no, nothing like a thankless, a, 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 an unthankful or ingrat, a, ungrateful Christian. Because every Christian comes to the cross with gratitude. Gratitude to God for what he has done for them. We move on. Jesus asked, didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. Ah, you may say, Jesus, please. You were the very one who said, go to the priest. Show yourself to the priest. How will you be expecting that they will come back to you and give you thanks? I mean, that's what I would think. They did exactly what he said they should do. Go show yourself to the priest. Why is he now showing preference to the one who came back to give thanks? You see, thanksgiving pleases and glorifies God. God is glorified when we give him thanks. He doesn't have to demand it. He wants it to come spontaneously. He wants it to be an outpouring of our appreciation of his infinite love and mercy, the goodness he does for us, the protection he gives to us, the sustenance he gives to us. He wants us to come and give him glory and praise for what he has done for us. And so this man, this leper, said, no, before I go show myself, I'm excited. I am really glad that my life has been transformed. But let me go first and pay homage to the one who has healed me. You see, the giver of the gifts we receive is far more important than the gift we get. Do you get me? The giver of the gifts we receive is far more important than the gifts we get. The gifts will not last, but the giver will last. Many of the struggles we have as Christians is that we focus on the things and not the giver of the things. What this leper did was to say, what a marvel, what a wonderful God, what a wonderful master. Let me go back and give him praise and worship him before I even go to get my clean bill of health that returns me to society. Thanksgiving is an act of humility that pleases God and glorifies him. So on this Thanksgiving day, be thankful. And not only today, but every day. Paul, when he was writing to the Thessalonians, said, be thankful in all circumstances, 
For this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ. Be thankful. He didn't say in some circumstances. He didn't say when things are great. He didn't say when you get a new job, when you get a promotion, when you have a baby. But even in the bad times, the not so good times, he said, be thankful in all circumstances. For this is the will of God for you who belong to Christ. It glorifies God to be thankful. If you don't know how to pray, just be thankful. Just go to God and say, I thank you. I thank you for the day you have made. I thank you for the job I have. I thank you for the friends I have. I thank you for the health I have during this pandemic. That enough is sufficient prayer because you are honoring God, you are praising him, you are glorifying him. And so what reward did this man get? You see, the other nine, they got healed, all right. Their leprosy was gone. They got the clean bill of health. They returned to society. But this man had more in-depth healing. He had total healing. He had complete healing. In fact, when Jesus said, your faith has healed you, that Greek word, sozo, actually has more meaning than just heal. It means delivered, saved. It means you are completely saved from sin, from your emotional struggles, from your deep spiritual struggles, and you have completely received the complete package of salvation that comes from God. So the nine got healed, but it was only in their skin disease. This man, the one, was healed completely. But you see, he was a Samaritan. He was the despised one. To have leprosy and at the same time be a Samaritan is a double whammy. Because the Jews despised the Samaritans. They looked down upon them. And I believe that the reason why they were together in the leper colony was that their leprosy was so severe that it didn't really matter whether you were a Samaritan or a Jew. They were all in the same situation. But it was the stranger, the foreigner, the one who felt an, being an outcast. He was the one who came back to say thank you. How much more you who are really accepted in society and belong to this community. Jesus paid it all. All to him we owe. Let us come with thanksgiving for what he has done for us. Thanksgiving for keeping us safe from this pandemic. Thanksgiving for making us who we are. We have a lot to give thanks for. As we come to communion, I want you to focus on the cross and focus on what Christ did you see, the reason why he ate that, it was a Passover meal. The reason why Christ did so, he said he did so so that they will remember his death for them. And that's what we will remember today as we thank God. So just as we've been told, pick up the package communion. It has two taps. The first is a, on top is a transparent one. I just want you to peel it now. It's a bit delicate, so 
and you have the wafer. Okay, hold it in your hands now. This represents the body of Christ. Paul, when he was writing to the Corinthians, said, For I pass to you what I received from the Lord Jesus. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now you can go to the second tab, which contains the juice. In the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. Why don't you spend some quiet moment and ponder over the broken body, the shed blood, and how now you have the power to be called a child of God. Jesus said to them, for every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, sorry, it was Paul who was writing, for every time you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Jesus is coming back again. And every time we go to communion, we are proclaiming, we are announcing his death for us, his shed blood, the hope that we have that he will come again. You know, this pandemic makes people ask, is God really loving is God there? Is there a loving God? This world is going astray. Disaster upon disaster. Floods, earthquakes, tornadoes, pandemics, death everywhere, destruction everywhere. Is God alive? He's coming back again. And he will make all things right. He paid a price for it. To save this world. And he'll come back again. We have a lot to thank God for. Let us go away this Thanksgiving Sunday. In the spirit of Thanksgiving. Praising God in all circumstances. Giving him the praise and the thanks. For what he has done for us. For Jesus. For the broken body. And for the shed blood. Happy Thanksgiving.